Hey, what's going on, guys? AJ here. I'm going to break down the recap for the UFC event that just took place. I'm recording this here on September 19th, 11.18 p.m. Central Standard Time. So this event just took place. Uh, you know, last fight took place about an hour ago, the main events. Uh, just going to recap it from top to bottom. Hope it was a good night for you. Just talk about some takeaways and stuff that I noticed in the fights and all that good stuff like I typically do for, for free. And yeah, it was a pretty, you know, memorable card, I'd say. A lot of finishes, a lot of just, I guess, uh, we had some upsets happen, so some big ones, uh, which I'll get into. So I was very pleased with how this card turned out. I It looked like a lot of people saw, saw it the same way. If you, if you didn't, I, uh, like I say, I mean, there's always a opportunity down the road, uh, so it didn't go your way this time. Uh, then, then there's always room to capitalize in the future and, and learn from what we've experienced. So let's talk about these fights. Uh, yeah, so first fight of the night, I'll just go from bottom to top. Tyson Am against Jerome Rivera. Uh, Nam won by knockout. I, I think a lot of the people, you know, picked him to win. You know, the, the people publicly, of course, picked Nam to win, just more prepared. Uh, you know, more UFC experience, better technical striker. Personally, I thought he was going to have, you know, opportunities to counter, and he, and he did. His his thing, though, and ultimately why I could have bet him is just his output is so low. That's no secret. That's been pretty pretty well documented at this point. Guy's very talented, very skilled, uh, but he doesn't always exert, uh, you know, the highest output of striking value. But certainly tonight, 36 significant strikes per UFC, per ESPN.com, rather. And, of course, he got that knockdown there in round two. So very impressive by Tyson Nam. That's two knockouts in a row. After going starting out uh, 0-2 in the UFC, albeit it was to very uh, good competition and, and uh, Sergio Pettis and Kaikar France, so guys very talented. This is a gentleman who has wins uh, also over Ali Bagotinov and Eduardo Dantes, and he's also fought guys like Marlon Moraes as well in the past. So Tyson Nam is, is definitely doing his thing in 2020, and I'm, I'm happy that he got a win here. Andre Yule and Urban Rivera, I actually missed. The, the the half of the second round and, and the third round of this fight, so I, I don't feel like I should talk too much about it. But a split decision here for Ewell. You know, I thought he won the first round. Rivera definitely made a good account of himself like he typically does. He's very tough and, and durable and has good cardio and all that good stuff. Uh, there was even some grappling exchanges as well. I noticed that Ewell in the first round was able to show off some of his submission grappling chops, and it, it is uh, it's nice to see him add that wrinkle in his game. Because in, in previous UFC footage, you know, against uh, Nathaniel Wood, against uh, Anderson Dos Santos, and even Henan Barrow, that's that's the area of the game where he is, I'd say, that you know most susceptible. Not that he's outright bad on the ground or anything like that. He's certainly not bad. Uh, but again, if, if you're going to, you know, impose a game plan on a guy like Ewell, who's got a very long reach, good technical striker, that's the way to go. But it was nice to see him uh, go to that and uh, go to that path to victory here and, and win. Uh, mix it in, of course, that wasn't his primary game plan. He landed 123 significant strikes on 299 attempts, so that's very good volume. So yeah, uh, don't feel like there's too much more to say there. Just a very hard-fought battle there. And Randy Costa going out there and getting a quick knockout against uh, Journey Newsom. You know, this, this fight, I think, you know, probably was going to end early prior to tape. Just both guys had a reputation of finishing. Costa's never been past the second round in his whole career, and that that trend continued. 
So, yeah, Costa's going to be one of these guys, I think, that he's going to get better each and every time out. He's young. He's an inexperienced, relatively, and he trains an American top team. And I also liked how he showed better composure in this fight and definitely did a better job of, like, picking his shots. So that's that's nice for the future of Costa. I do I do still have questions about his cardio and his defensive grappling, and even, you know, just we, we just saw only 41 seconds of it, so I'm not ready to say that say some of the stuff that I noticed in his game that he can improve on prior to this fight playing out, that it's all of a sudden fixed fully. But the, at the end of the day, we only saw like 41 seconds or so. My main takeaways were just basically about with some composure. Um, he had some, some shot selection there. And of course we, we knew that he had power going into this fight. So um, yeah, very good win for Costa. That's two in a row by knockouts. TJ Laramie and Derek Minner. Yeah. I, uh, I picked Laramie here and everything. I did acknowledge, though, that like if Minner was going to win, it was going to be by a quick sub. He's got that, you know, reputation of doing that, getting a, a lot of quick first-round submission victories. Um, my thought process was I just trusted Laramie to not get subbed early based off his Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu uh, pedigree. And, again, I'm, I'm laughing because it's like, you know, I, it's, I'm okay with being wrong. Laramie's a very skilled fighter. Minner just showed that he's very dangerous. He, you know, he reminded, he reminded everybody rather that uh, he's very dangerous there in that first round with all those guillotine chokes. And it's, you know, like I'll get into with Bechtick and, and Jackson later. It's just, I got to be okay with uh, being wrong. You know, being wrong is, is just something that uh, I learned to accept. And uh, it's a prediction at the end of the day. So, you know, to get, to get anywhere close to hundred percent, it's just so, so difficult. <laughs> so, you know, and, and this, this is the only one I picked wrong. Uh, mind you. So anyway, but going. You know, Minner had had several instances in previous fights where he had gone out there and gotten a quick sub in, in round one. Uh, so it's nice that, that people recognize that and they took the shot. So, yeah, Minner, very impressive. The guy's very dangerous early on. I mean, even the Grant Dawson fight, he had Dawson grimacing. He had he definitely had Dawson in early trouble, but we saw, of course, Dawson weather that storm. I thought that Laramie was going to probably do the same thing, if not even uh, maybe avoid those whole exchanges. But we saw Minner very crafty. He got a clinch exchange. Uh, where he was able to get a hold of Laramie's neck and the guy's got a very tight squeeze and he's very, uh, you know, he's a, he's a veteran of the sport. He's a guy who's not only been in there with Laramie and, you know, Grant Dawson, but also Herbert Burns, Luke Sanders. So very tested man is Minner. And he's a, he's one of these guys, he's his style and, and the fights that he's in usually finish. So he's typically, I think going to be in exciting fights and he's going to be a guy I'm definitely going to be, uh, tuning in for it because his fights generally are, are exciting, you know, based off his, the, the way he goes out there and approaches fights. So very good win for Minner. I don't know the performance performance bonuses at the time I'm recording this, but I would imagine that he's in consideration. And honestly, I feel like I said this every card, but there's, <laughs> it probably wasn't easy to give out bonuses on a night like tonight. There's just so many good ones, to be honest with you. It was tough. There's, there's ones that I'll get into the main card that were impressive as well. So yeah, Minner, um, even if he doesn't get the bonus, it was like definitely a bonus-worthy performance. 
So very impressive. Jessica Rose Clark. Yeah, this was this was very impressive from her. Uh, she I have always thought she's a talented fighter. She's a very good striker, I'd say. Uh, she's varied. She's technical. She utilizes feints. Uh, she's got solid footwork, solid defense. I, I watch her strike, and I'm like, she's really good. And then now she's um, definitely uh, incorporating her grappling more. I know that she's been improving her grappling um, and submission and even wrestling chops uh, You know, recently through uh, experience. I noticed that uh, commentary team, and I believe it was her fight against Jessica, I mentioned that uh, she was doing uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu competition and meddling there. So I, I like that she's like rounding out her game and, you know, she's, you know, she could win the fight on the, on the feet or win on the ground in this instance. Alpar, she's a woman who, this was her UFC debut, obviously, and this was, this was no easy task by any means. It was rather hard uh, based on the odds and the way the fight played out. Rose Clark is a woman who's been in there with Beck Rawlings, Paige Van Zandt, Jessica I, former title challenger, and Panny Kianzad. <clears throat> and this was just one of the, the tougher matchups, I'd say, for her because Rose Clark, Got the better of the grappling exchanges. I, I personally say had better control. Landed a takedown of her own. Was was threatening a bit on the ground as well. And then she was eventually able to get the stoppage there in round three. It was another one of those, you know, kind of like Rodriguez versus Herman instances where, um, you know, the fight was stopped. Well, the fight was paused, I should say, but not stopped. And then it was resumed. And essentially Clark kind of finished the fight twice. Um might not it's one of those things me saying it might not do it uh it, it might be hard to i guess envision with my words what i'm what i'm describing if you didn't actually see it so it, it would be one where if you're subscribed to espn plus um to go back and watch if you have time um i think that i personally will go back and watch it too because it was one of the more interesting sequences but nonetheless it doesn't take away from the fact that rose clark had a very impressive performance i'm happy for her because I don't think that the two and two record does her quite justice as to how good of a fighter she is. I do think that she's very talented and I do think she's getting better and it's nice to see her get a win under her belt, albeit uh, a very impressive <clears throat> finish in the third round. So very good win as well as Mar uh, Myra Buena Silva. She's, she's very impressive to me. She's threatening on the ground. She's threatening on the feet. She, th this fight obviously went to the ground rather quickly. There was some interesting grappling exchanges there where, Silva had her right wrist trapped underneath Barella's left thigh. Just kind of stuck there, eventually got free, and she got the arm bar. The fight was just pretty much over so quick uh, within two minutes and 29 seconds. But Barella got a couple good shots in on the feet, and then she went for the takedown. And, you know, we even saw in, in Buena Silva's debut, she's comfortable being on her back. I mean, she's you could definitely tell that she does a, a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu because if she could submit a woman – uh, like Jillian Robertson from her back. She's going to be able to submit a, a lot of women, and, and she did it again. Um, I do think that she's she's a very talented fighter. She's also very young and only eight pro fights into her career, so there's reason to believe that she could get better. She trains at the same camp as Charles Oliveira and Thomas Almeida, so she's got a lot of good things going on, I'd say. Uh, I really do, and, you know, we didn't really get to see her striking, but I guess some, you know, aforementioned things I, I brought up in my breakdown um, for her was, you know, she's got a very good low calf kick. She's got some power and she's really tough and tenacious. And, definitely, and, I, and I say that because she came on really strong there in round three against Marina Rose, a fight that was at Brazilian Brazil altitude, which mind you, if you're not familiar, that's higher than Denver altitude, Denver, Colorado. So yeah, 
uh, woman's got cardio, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, she, she lands some big shots. So yeah, I, th I think she's got a bright future to be honest with you. And, uh, you know, uh, two two finishes and three UFC fights, and albeit you know that the loss was a very valiant performance against a very uh, experienced and very talented lady, Marina Moroz. I, I would say uh, Maria Bueno has made a very good account of herself in the UFC thus far, and I'm excited to see uh, how things go for her going forward. I think she's got a bright future. As said, Mirsad Batik and Damon Jackson. This fight to me was very similar to the Darren Elkins fight uh, with Bactic, to be honest with you. Bactic was dominating the fight for the vast majority of it with, you know, of course, Jackson threatening a bit on the ground, kind of similar to how Elkins was, uh, but not actually locking anything up for the first couple of rounds there. And, and Bactic, you could tell in round three, he was tired. Um, it was a lot of heavy grappling in the first few minutes where he was delanded like seven takedowns, got some grappling advances. He was threatening himself. And, and Jack, he landed seven takedowns because he was taking Jackson down with consistency, but Jackson was actually getting, making his way back up to the feet a few times, which of course will tax the cardio. Uh, well, really of anybody, uh, even more so to, you know, to get a takedown, a is, is taxing on the cardio, but then when you have the opposite, you just get up right away. Uh, you know, it's, it's not exactly easy, uh, to keep doing that over and over and over again, even if you do have very good cardio, uh, so Bektik, a guy who's shown that he has three-round cardio in the past, this was the spot where he he kind of slowed down because Jackson gave him a lot of resistance in the grappling and the wrestling and just was a, a gentleman who who was very game. I mean, Jackson, you know, looking at some tape, and I did, I did tape this fight, even though it was put together relatively quickly. Um, you know, I, uh, I noticed that with Jackson. He's, he's an aggressive grappler on the ground. But I, I actually didn't think it was going to be that relevant here. I didn't think that he was going to, and the, I, you can kind of tell where I'm getting with this. I didn't pick Bactic to win. Um, you know, I didn't think that it was going to, he was going to really threaten Bactic from his back. Like Bactic, really strong grappler, really strong wrestler, just didn't really see it happening. And, you know, like, like round three kind of happened, you could tell Bactic's body language. He was, you know, his movement was just more labored and everything. And then Jackson got him in the guillotine and that was it. Uh, once he got in top position. So it's, it's so unfortunate for Bechtick because the guy is very talented and that's even more impressive for Jackson to get this good win, uh, making again, his return in the UFC. So he's often, often running here with, with a ton of momentum. And this is, this is a gentleman who took this fight on very short notice. I mean, he's, he's working with safe Saud and Fortis MMA. So of course he's getting, uh, he's getting all the right training and everything, but it's still, you know, to, to add, to ask a fighter to prepare on, on such short notice is a tall task for anybody. Um, you know, you're, if you're training with Fortis MMA, American top team or what have you, I mean, you can name the camp, but you know, put, you put just such short notice on there for a fighter. It's, it's tough. Uh, but Jackson proved to overcome the odds, both on the, both the, from a betting perspective and from a, you know, a figurative perspective, if you will. So, yeah, super impressive for Jackson. And yeah, back to, get, to finish up on my point. Yeah, he's he's so talented, I think, is from uh, just analyzing him as a fighter. Uh, he's got the wrestling, the grappling. He's a very good athlete. Striking is there as well. It's just, you know, there's been fights where he's just slowed down and, um, you know, he's gotten hurt in, like against uh, Emmett and Elkins. And, um, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. I hope that uh, he, you know, he... He takes a lot away from this loss, and, uh, uh, you know, we, we see him in there again, and he gets a win. Um, 
but this was just an awesome fight not to get away from that. I mean, I do think that this was truly an incredible fight. A lot of back and forth grappling exchanges between two guys that are very skilled on the ground. Um, so yeah, I was just more, I guess the biggest takeaway for me would be, wow, super impressive by Jackson pulling off this upset against such a stud of a fighter on short notice. And then too, just, I love grappling. I mean, I love, I love watching the grappling exchanges. It's awesome. That's, that's part of the reason why, you know, I love the flyweight division so much, uh, just a lot of grappling and striking is awesome too, but I, I mean, I'm, I, I like it all, you know? So, so it's, it's nice to, it's nice to get some, some back and forth grappling in there. We, we don't necessarily see that, um, every fight where we, we get striking generally, I'd say more frequently. Um, so yeah, awesome stuff by Jackson. I hope, uh, you know, it was definitely a, bo a bonus worthy performance. I don't know if they'll get it, but uh, I have to imagine that he's in consideration. David Dvorak and Jordan Espinoza. Yeah, I was really impressed by Dvorak here. He came in with the right game plan, I think, to, to beat Espinoza. Espinoza, very agile, fast fighter. Uh, but if you want to hinder the movement of a guy that's very fast and agile, you uh, chop at the legs. Uh, you're not only doing damage to the leg, but you're also hindering his movement, slowing him down, making him more stationary. And, of course, Devorak um, capitalized. You know, he didn't knock him out or anything, but he capitalized on the countering opportunities that were there um, for Espinoza. I didn't bet Devorak or anything. I didn't bet either guy. Uh, but, but it's interesting because I, I bet De La Rosa thinking that this would be the game plan here, um, that, or rather that he would approach in, in his fight with Espinoza. And then the following fight, Dvorak does it. So it's nice to see that, you know, a, a fighter comes in with the right game plan, you know, watch the tape and says like, hey, this guy's very good, but there is a way to beat him. And, and Dvorak definitely implemented it as he won 30-27 in all three judges' scorecards. Just a very good performance by this man. He's very He strikes me as a very uh, intelligent and calculated fighter. You can definitely tell that uh, he does his homework on these guys. I mean, I think he's a former chess player, if memory serves. Uh, you know, so, so very strategic and uh, – you know, coming in with a good game plan. And that's all, that's all good. You know, the guy knew what he wanted to do. And that's that's always nice to see um, with fighters to, to come in with that game plan and, you know, commit to it and and see how everything unfolds. So I was very impressed with this performance by Dvorak. So that's two wins in the UFC row. The guy, the guy's a winner. I mean, the guy's a winner. He's 19 and three. Um, the, guy, the guy knows how to win fights. I don't know what his win streak is offhand, but I think it's like 15 plus fights. So super impressive by the guy. The guy knows how to win. Stewart and Holland, um, yeah, this one was pretty interesting. I think that the split decision is is reasonable, no doubt about it. I th it was one of it, it kind of reminded me of the main event last week, where I thought you had one clear round or two clear rounds in, in the case of the main event, but this round you had, or this fight rather, you had one clear round, but the other two were kind of toss ups in my opinion. Um, I slightly thought Holland won round one if I were to pick a side, and Round two, honestly, was so darn close. It was, and that was another one of those fights where full disclosure, I wasn't looking at the screen the whole time. I was, I was, I was refilling my water. So perhaps I mix, I, I missed some stuff. So I'm not going to, you know, draw a strong light in the sand, you know, based off the fact that I just don't have enough data in my head. But, uh, you know, a, a very competitive fight between two very willing combatants, two very tough guys, two very durable guys here. It was one of those fights where, you know, you look at the the odds on, say, like the under two and a half rounds or the fight doesn't go to decision. You go, hmm, plus money on two guys that have definitely shown that they could finish fights in the past with, with relative consistency. It's pretty interesting. But then I also take into consideration that they're both, like I said, durable. Stewart's been submitted in the past. But I'd like to think that similar to Angela Hill that I discussed last card, 
his defensive grappling, I think, has improved a lot. Yes, he can, you know, be taken down, but like, you know, I don't think he's easy to take down. Not nearly. I mean, he, you compare his earlier UFC fights to say more recently. I think his takedown defense has improved a lot. Um, and yeah, he, you know, the 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 good path or the the good approach rather for Stewart was he he took this fight to the ground, and I did think that that was a legitimate path to victory for him was to take Holland down and. You know, not do too, anything too significant with it because Holland is a black belt and Tra Travis Luter, but, you know, get some rounds via top control time. Um, you know, he mixed in some clinch work. The clinch the clinch battle was was interesting. I know Holland got, uh, definitely got the, the better of some clinch exchanges and then Stewart got the better of others. So it was a, it was a good back-and-forth fight, I'd say. Um, I saw some people cash some bets on Holland. That's awesome. Personally, I, didn't, I stayed away from this fight. Uh, but Holland, they're both very talented, I, I would say, definitely. Uh, Stewart, if you compare his earlier UFC fights to where he's at now, I mean, you could just tell by the wins and losses in comparison. He's improved so much. And, and Holland's another one of these guys where he is very talented. Um, I've always thought that about him. You know, he's got a win over Jeff Neal, so that's, you know, I'm obviously not expo exposing a secret or anything like that. Um, you know, I just hit, hit with Holland, like, sometimes he's just in these very competitive fights where, like, not necessarily like this matchup, but like against uh, Alessio Bisharico and Gerald Mearshart, I would have thought that he would have won those fights a bit more comfortably. Um, you know, if I didn't see them play out the way they did, if you were to just tell me like Holland won, I would be like, oh yeah, like you know, Holland won. He probably won 30, 27 times three, but it's not what happened. Um, so anyway, I, I think he's very talented, Holland. I think they're both very talented, but I, particularly on the Holland side, I think he's very talented. I would just like to, I guess, see him fight with a more – more clear game plan with, with consistency. Um, because in a lot of his recent fights, you know, prior to this one, he was kind of just obliging to whatever the opposition wanted to come in with. Uh, the Mearshart fight, Mearshart was completely gassed there in like round two. Uh, he was choosing to engage with Mearshart on the ground. I don't know why. Um, same thing against Buckley, um, striking the whole time. And granted, he still won. He's, he's winning these fights, I'm saying. That's, that's awesome. But I, I would like to, I guess, see Howland – uh, to help with his longevity and his career and, and, and win more consistently is to fight with a more clear game plan. I, I feel like he could pull away a bit more in some some of these fights. Not necessarily like this one against Stewart, because, again, it was a very hard-fought battle both ways. Uh, but, you know, looking at some of his previous fights, then uh, applying that, taking something away from that and applying it in the future is basically what I'm saying. I'm trying to be constructive here. Because, uh, like I said, I do think Holland's very talented. I think he's got upside. The only two guys he's lost to in the UFC are – are Brendan Allen and, and Tiago Santos, you know, so not bad losses at all is basically what I'm saying. I mean, those guys are very talented. So, yeah, that was a good fight. And then uh, Marcos and Dern, yeah, um, you know, Dern is just, she's she's in her, she's just so darn good on the ground. I mean, I was just so impressed with all the jiu-jitsu uh, that she could do. It's just so crazy, the stuff that she could chain together and the reversals like she is just so darn talented on the ground um you know she she's got that advantage over over all these women really in the weight class i mean um you know even women like verna jandaroba and amanda hebos like she's got the you know the pure jujitsu advantage over them and they're excellent jujitsu practitioners and that's really saying something so during gets the, the fight to the ground against anybody in this weight class She's a real threat. I mean, because Marcos is is very, very tough, and she put her toughness on display here. It was definitely game and fighting off those submissions there um, for a while. 
Uh, and she, again, Marcos is a woman who hadn't been submitted since Courtney Casey back in 2016 prior to this fight. So she's very capable on the ground, uh, but it's just more of a compliment to how good Dern is. So, yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of, um, you know, I know Dominic Cruz said something about, you know, wondering why, why they're going to the grappling so early. Uh, you know, it was, it was kind of an interesting sequence, like Dern threw a kick and then she kind of fell down. I don't know if she did it on purpose or what, but, uh, you know, the fight hit the ground anyway, and that's that's a good sign for her. Um, and then, you know, Marco's kind of similar to Cyphers, you know, kind of engaged while on top, and then we saw some grappling, and then eventually Dern reversed and, you know, got the sub. So, yeah, she that's two subs in a row for Dern. Only lost some UFCs to Hibas, who we know is very good. Uh, I believe he's fighting Carlos Barza coming up here. So, yeah, I, I mean, this division, I've said it before, it's very, very competitive. I think that there's so many ladies in this division that is that are very talented, and that's just, you know, the way it is. So, yeah, I mean, Dern fits right in there with, with the elites of this weight class, and working with Jason Perillo now, I think that bodes well for her, and looking forward to seeing how she performs in the future. <laughs> Johnny Walker and Ryan Spann, this was, this was fun for as long as it lasted. Uh, <laughs> you know... It was, uh, you know, Spawn definitely had a lot of success in some of those exchanges. He got two knockdowns, uh, landed a couple takedowns, mounted Johnny, but Johnny uh, dug deep, and it was an interesting sequence. You know, Spawn was going for a takedown in the clinch, and Johnny was just, like, raining down hammer fists, and he got a stoppage. So, yeah, Johnny, <laughs> Johnny had to overcome some adversity, but he did. And uh, I thought it was really cool how he – how he was courted by Misha Serkinov, a, a former opponent of his, um, you know, because I, I was looking at the fight and, you know, he actually uh, snuck out the back door from a grappling exchange after Spot mounted him. And I, I know Johnny already is, is skilled on the ground. He's got a, a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, but, you know, iron sharpens iron, as they say, working with a guy like Misha Serkinov, who's a high-level black belt on the ground, I, I think that that uh, definitely helps him uh, during training, uh, training at SBG Ireland now. Uh, so Johnny's always exciting. I mean, Johnny, anytime he fights, he's going to get eyeballs in there, a lot of them. Um, and his fights <laughs> never seem to uh, disappoint from an entertainment perspective, and this one was no different. So I know he slowed down last time against Krylov, but, you know, that was it. Again, similar to what I said <clears throat> earlier in the card, Brazilian Brazil altitude, you get two big, strong guys at the altitude that are grappling heavy. Um, it it kind of makes sense why they slow down. It, it makes perfect sense, honestly. Um, that would even tire anybody out, to be honest with you. So, yeah, uh, after facing two losses, Johnny gets back in the win column. So happy for him. Uh, Kamzat Shemaev, uh, this, guy, this guy is just unbelievable. Like, he's awesome. I mean, three wins in 2020. Um, it was just it was a, a big punch he hurt Mearshart with, and that was it. What's crazy is Kamzat has only absorbed one significant strike in all three UFC appearances. Isn't that crazy? Like this guy is not only going out there and dominating, but he's not even taking like barely any damage. Um, I love this guy. I, I know that it's like a leap of faith, but it's a leap of faith that I think is, is warranted here. Uh, the guy is very talented, no doubt about it. Um, the grappling, the wrestling, and even the striking. I did, I did some homework on the, on the striking prior to this bout. I was very impressed with what I saw. He also trains with Alexander Gustafsson. This guy, it kind of reminds me of Alistair Overeem in a way where, where they know him for like one facet of MMA or a couple, but not necessarily the, the other facet of MMA that he has is not as uh, – it kind of flies under the radar to some extent because you don't get to see it as much. 
Uh, but the guys, the guy's tracking's very good too. So, um, the guy's just honestly incredible. Um, he's promoting himself well, I'd say, and he got a very good win here against Mearshart, who prior to this had only been stopped by Heinish and Santos by strikes, Tiago Santos. So, yeah, Mearshart shown to be <clears throat> really durable throughout his career, and, and Shemaev uh, got a very impressive knockout. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if there's too much more to say. 17 seconds, guys, a stud, and looking forward to seeing that uh, Maya matchup but if that happens. Otherwise, I, I think that uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll have to see how we'll have to see, I guess, who who he gets matched up with. But yeah, it looks like Maya. Uh, the guy's just incredible. It really is. So awesome performance, and then the co-main event. Yeah, I'm pretty surprised that there wasn't a finish here, to be honest with you. I mean, you got Price and Cerrone. They got the reputation of finishing. Price had only been a decision one time prior to this. And we got a, a striker's battle where both guys' chins held up. And uh, majority draw. There, I don't know why I missed it, but like, there was like an eye poke in, in round one uh, where there was actual point deduction. I saw the eye poke, but I didn't actually see the, uh, the signal for a point deduction. Um, I didn't realize it until the scorecards were read. I don't know why, but uh, anyway, it was a very good fight. You know, Price, I guess the takeaway from him was in that last fight against Luque, he showed very good volume striking. He landed north of 100 significant strikes. And I don't know if it was just, you know, one fight sample size. Like, I didn't, I didn't know if it was sustainable. But in this fight, it, <clears throat> it showed he landed 150 significant strikes. So his volume has definitely shown uh, to be consistent here through two fights. So that's nice to, to note about Price going forward that he's improving his volume striking. He isn't as, say, as reliant on just landing a KO shot. or You know, he's a submission threat too as well. Uh, but it's nice to see him add that layer in his game where he's not so reliant on winning that finish. He can win, by, uh, he can win rounds as well uh, down the stretch. So, you know, it, it wasn't, I guess, the result that Cerrone wanted, I, I guess, of the two. Price seemed fine with it, but um, – for me, honestly, I, I want I want the best for both guys, and um, I, I think that that Cerrone, you know, he could he could walk away on this fight. This was a great fight, both sides. Um, he fought very valiantly, and uh, he's given so much to the sport, man. He really has. I mean, for so long too, like just tremendous performances. Uh, you know, Rick's story, even recent ones like Mike Perry and Alexander Hernandez, the guy has just, you know, for his whole career, just gone out there and, and just given, uh, given nothing but the best really have. So, um, yeah, I don't know what he's going to do, but um, if he decides to hang him up, honestly, I, th I think that's, that's definitely fair. No doubt about it. Um, but I, at the same time, I wouldn't be surprised to see him fight again, but we'll see. Price, it was nice to see him, uh, again, fight very competitively with the legend. This was definitely a step up in competition, uh, but he, he definitely fared well. Well, I should say, you know, generally. I know, I know Vincente Luca is very talented as well, uh, who is Price's most recent fight. But, you know, in, in the grand scheme of things throughout Price's um, UFC career is what I'm trying to say there. So there's that. And then the main event, Colby and, and Woodley. Um, I broke this out for free, but uh, yeah, I mean, Woodley had like the uh, the puncher's chance. He's got big power, um, but it didn't happen here. So as a result, Colby won uh, fairly comfortably. 
Um, got 12 minutes of top control time, three takedowns, uh, outlanded him in terms of uh, strikes. It's kind of interesting. He landed 232 total strikes, but only 78 of them are significant per ESPN. That's pretty interesting. Again, I, I have a take on this whole like significant strike versus total strike thing. I just personally think they should make it all like uh, one category. Like there is no significant strikes. It's just total strikes. Cause I feel like when you throw in the word significant, it's just so subjective that it just makes it a lot harder for the, the stat provider, the stat tallier to calculate. Um, so whether you want to set a percentage of a, the total amount of strikes is significant or just get rid of them all together. I think that there should be something that, that can be done with this because I just feel like it's a little too subjective, you know, like when, when we're, when we're dealing with numbers here, I, I feel like we could be objective um, to put it bluntly. So those are my thoughts there. But anyway, uh, in terms of the performance, yeah, Colby just doing his thing. Uh, I saw I called out uh, Masvidal and Usman afterwards. I, I saw his interview. I saw, uh, <laughs> both of his interviews with uh, Megan Olivi and uh, Kamar Usman after the fact. So, yeah, I mean, the guy's going to continue to, you know, do his thing, promote himself, if you want to call it that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I do believe that Colby is the um, second most uh, talented welterweight fighter, uh, number one being Usman. But it just speaks to how good this division is because you have them, you have Masvidal, Leon Edwards, Jeff Neal, Vincente Luque, like – Stefan Thompson, you know, the, the list goes on and on. This is talented. There, This division is very talented. So it's really saying something to be amongst the elite in this weight class. I mean, I know that lightweight 155 pounds is, is like, I guess, the, mo the most glaring one. But there's this is another weight class to me where it's like these guys are very, very talent stacked in this division. So good win for Colby, no doubt about it. Did his thing. First camp at MMA Masters uh, seemed to go well. Uh, his his volume wasn't as high as I, I would have expected in the first couple of rounds, but it was again it was enough to to outland Woodley um, and win the fight ultimately. So uh, good performance by Colby and uh, good event overall. And yeah, that'll do it on this recap. There's uh, next week we've got UFC 253. So there's that Adesanya and Costa. We've also got a, a vacant light heavyweight title fight between Dominic Reyes and Jan Blakovitz. Looking forward to that one. There's a lot of other intriguing fights. We've got Sachara Eubanks uh, getting back in there after, after a very impressive win last week, and she's taking on uh, Caitlin Vieira, a uh, very talented fighter. Uh, we've got Jake Matthews taking on Diego Sanchez. That should be interesting. William Knight, fresh off a uh, very impressive contender series performance against uh, Alexa Kumar, uh, Kamer, rather, uh, gentleman trains with Stipe Miocic. Yeah, I'm liking this card. Um, we'll see how it goes. I don't have, like, you know, anything, uh, you know, super in-depth done with, like, research or anything like that. I've just researched, like, a couple of fights, basically. Um, of course, I will have the main events, uh, a free breakdown for you guys out there. And uh, I'm thinking about doing the co-main event as well. Let me know what you guys think if, if you'd like that. Um, you can just shoot me a DM or, or comment below. Um, or shoot me an email or whatever. Like I don't care. <laughs> However you communicate to me, it doesn't matter. But uh, let me get, let me know what you guys think. If you'd like me to not only break down the main event, but also the the coming event. I feel like you know, even though Reyes is a, over two to one favorite, I you know, who knows? Maybe you guys want to hear my my opinion on that as well. So let me know what you think. Um, 
That'll do it. Yeah, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed this breakdown. I hope it was an eventful night for you. Like I said last week, if not, um, you know, there's always something to take away and apply going forward. Uh, we can win and learn. Um, there's always opportunity to learn and grow. So that's a beautiful thing about this. Uh, I want to sign off. Wish you well and uh, have a good one.